previously on the 32 minute podcast equilibrate the occlusion on that quadrant which is very important so that is how uh, we start up with restorative dentist so we'll see the pre treatment occlusion some necessary changes if needed would be done it would be almost stabilized the occlusion would be almost uh, equilibrized on that quadrant and then we draft an outline form earlier i was using a bioclear wedge to pre wedge but later i found out that i am losing more money <laughs> by scraping or damaging the wedges so later i i changed to uh, wooden wedges that is more economical and cheaper so i'll start with the wooden wedge then i'll do the preparation i'll damage this uh, but i don't i won't touch the adjacent tooth pre wedging it is always uh, wooden wedge because that is the best thing to get in issue separation or else you can use uh, an elliots true separator which is again a good alternative to clear off the things and get a clearance and uh, in case if you have an access to magnification fender wedges are something which you can avoid on so i never use a fender wedge but uh, with magnification we can nicely manage to get a I mean, good separation with a wooden wedge utilize that uh, separation and work without using a fender wedge i use a 3m elipar i would always suggest to use a uh, branded one because that is backed up with some research May- maybe the other ones are also working fine but we don't know that's the only problem okay another thing is uh, it also depends on the operator how the operator is holding how much close he is holding is it coming close to the cavity and there is no such thing as an overcuring you make sure you are not uh, increasing the intrapulpal temperature and damaging the pulp rule of thumb is like there is never a one size fits all solution it will be dependent on so many factors most of the cases i use a bioclearing bioclear matrices i am more comfortable with that and that is more stress free very easily you can get the job done another thing or another ring which is very favorite for me is garrison's 3dxr in this episode so once you remove the soft tissue create a good clearance then there is no chance that there is a difficulty in wedging the soft tissue is again going to grow up nicely fine so these are the places where people go wrong see my favorite is always a wooden wedge and if i have to do a cervical hip i would always prefer a diamond wedge that is the bioclear wedge to do so see uh, you can do layering in posteriors also but the main hero is the cavity design you should be knowing how to manage the shrinkage stress I'll be using 3M compules for posteriors I'll be using bulk fills and anteriors uh, body you can also use ivoclar select something which is going to work for your hand that is very each and every person works in a different way and uh, we have to have an individual experience with different composites the bioclear will give me a final restoration which is according to the contour of the bioclear matrix So I don't want it there. I want it to look 
exactly same like the adjacent to so when i'm doing a layering and if it's minimal then i'll cover it with kv jelly or glycerin and when bonding indirect restrictions definitely kv jelly the biggest disadvantage with direct composite restoration when it comes to building up the proximal surfaces is you will not get a good polish at the proximal area I started my career as a consultant traveling different places and getting our jobs done and uh, to me nothing matters let it be any instrument i would say that it is the operator and if you have a great desire within yourself to do a good work even normal explorer is going to work very well this is episode 22 of the 32 minute podcast with dr rajiv s pillai and dr shibu shridhar True separator is uh, an ortho instrument or something. Uh, what is it? It's a rapid separator. Okay, it's used mainly for what? It's basically used by the ortho people to get rapid people. separation. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I think it, it's an age-old it's thing. It's an age-old <laughs> thing, but it works fabulously. Yeah, for class two cases. Yeah. Okay, and uh, is there a particular technique of wedging that you follow? Because many times, what I have experienced is when I wedge it. probably creates a concavity where i am wedging especially in deep cavities subgingival cavities uh, you have to select the appropriate wedge mm-hmm. your wedge would should be always below the contact point yeah, but that's difficult because wedges are also pretty expensive when it comes to garrison and all because why don't you customize a wooden wedge mm-hmm. you take okay. a wooden wedge you take a scalpel and bp blade you can trim off from the middle you can see to that you have the separation at the apical part but it is not going to intrude to the contact point so that is the most economical thing you customize a wooden wedge yeah yeah that's true uh many times the wedge placement is also difficult because when i put it from the buckle i do not see it coming from the palatal or if it's coming from the palatal it's probably going into the papilla Uh, is there a good technique to make sure that uh, see, we again, don't see that is dependent on how much uh, soft tissue there is something called soft tissue convenience for mm-hmm. so after your cavity prep or tooth prep i don't want to call uh, it cavity prep maybe after the tooth prep if you analyze that there is soft tissue interfering mm-hmm. you always have to remove the soft tissue yeah so once you remove the soft tissue create a good clearance then there is no chance that there is a difficulty in wedging the soft tissue is again going to grow up nicely fine so these are the places where people go wrong you don't create a space a room for the wedge you don't remove the soft tissue and uh, that is something which wherein people have to uh, concentrate right uh, rajiv any tips from you we are always afraid to cut out the soft tissue So what I do is I will always put the wedge which I am planning to first of all without a matrix band and I'll uh, see how it is sitting inside the space. If I think that it is going to impinge or it is going to buckle my uh, matrix, then I'll do a deep margin elevation or as Dr. Shibu said, uh, I'll contour the soft tissue or something like that. I'll elevate a hip. and after that i'll place the matrix uh, what are the wedges choices do you have some favorite wedges amongst yourself see my favorite is always a wooden wedge okay okay and if i have to do a cervical hip i would always prefer a diamond wedge that is the bicycle wedge to do so because 
almost 1.5 mm of the side of the wedge is going to act as a matrix. So without a matrix band, I can elevate the heat. That is going to help further in better tight wedging. That is what we call progressive wedging. I can just go on to the next bigger size of wedge, but I can confine it below the cervical hip. If at all I have a too deep subgingival cavus, I would always focus on building up the lost cervical hip. Mm-hmm. In such cases, a bioclear wedge or a diamond wedge is mm-hmm. very effective. A diamond wedge cannot be used. Maybe when I progress to the next bigger wedge, I can very well get a good separation with a wooden wedge. That is another thing. So, depends. If I am doing a straightforward case, I need good separation. I would think, I mean, I would prefer to keep things very economical. Mm-hmm. I would prefer my wooden wedge because that is the best thing. No plastic wedges will give you separation. Yeah, wooden wedges would give you hundred uh, percent separation. Mm-hmm. So I would prefer a wooden wedge mm-hmm. if I have to deal with a deep carious case. And uh, Dr. Rajiv said, if I have to elevate the deep margin, that is create a cervical hip. Yeah, both yeah. are one and the same thing. In such cases, I would be preferring a diamond wedge, right. and maybe the next one, mm-hmm. the one I would progress onto, maybe it would be a wooden wedge because I want good separation again to create yeah. a good contact. After the restoration, or even after elevating the deep margin, you can use an elliots. Yeah, yeah, but the but the composite that you build up, it, it never fractures. See, everything is going to fracture if it's not an adequate thickness. So, by your practice, by your experience, you know what adequate thickness is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh, so, mm-hmm. once you have done it in adequate thickness, and uh, once you're sure of working with an elliot separator, you know how much you have to give the force. Right. In right. such cases, they are always uh, fine. Yeah. But yeah. if you are not sure of working with these things, mm-hmm. then it is very tricky with, with an LH. That yeah. is, you can never work on a periodontally weak tooth with an LH separator. Mm. And if you over tighten it, always make sure that you are going to spoil the periodontium also. Yeah. yeah. So you should be knowing what is the adequate tightness mm-hmm. which you should bring in, the adequate number of turns which mm. you should be doing. And mm. that is something which is attainable only by experience. Right. Sometimes when we have a rubber dam in place in a deep class 2 cavity preparation, uh, we have put a band, we have put a wedge, but a very, very thin amount of rubber dam is seen on the proximal box's floor. And I find it really difficult to get rid of that very little rubber dam that's still there on the proximal. Have you faced similar situations and how do you avoid them? If you find it difficult, then remove that piece. <laughs> Why? Don't remove it. No, if you find it difficult, just do a split dam. And oh, no, but split dam is, I don't know, I don't find it as effective. No, you can do one more thing. Like, okay. uh, you can elevate the margin without a dam and after that you can place a dam and after that you can blast and go again with bonding. Okay, but uh, any other practical tip to remove that little bit of rubber dam that's there? See, first thing you have to analyze why you have that thick lip of hair. See, usually you have to face the following situation. That is, sometimes you would have a rugged margin. If you push it further down, the interdental dam can break, creating something uh, similar to the split dam yeah. effect. Mm. Fine. And next thing is, if you have so little space, 
you can never place a bioclear matrix yeah, matrix yeah. over there mm. neither uh, i mean if you have too little space even your I mean, steel matrices will not go in between so then first thing you have to understand is you have failed in refining the cervical margins finish your cervical margins nicely once you have done that make sure the soft tissue will not prevent the dam from going down in very deep plastos in such cases you have to actually cut off the soft tissues when you cut off the soft tissues the interdental septa is going to go down and you can nicely manage with your restoration so that is how i go about in the beginning stage itself i would make sure that there is sufficient scope for the interdental septa of the rubber dam to go very well beneath the subgingival margin and help me in doing the completing the restoration if that is not attainable i would do the necessary modifications before damming itself so we almost forgot about all the bands and uh, matrices uh, one thing that was missing was the real matrix by garrison if i'm not wrong um what is your take on it you you have you yeah. used it do you like using it for dmes especially what's your take on um, the real matrix by garrison the the loop one i find it very helpful in some cases you find it very helpful yeah. okay yeah. when okay. nothing works it works yeah but it's pretty expensive one thing is it's pretty expensive and you may lose couple of bands <laughs> with a single tooth that is one problem okay and another thing is you need a very trained assistant to tighten it into place oh okay okay you cannot do it single handedly oh. and it is not a easy job to oh okay. but when nothing works it yeah, works yeah it works it works yeah. so what's your take on issue the real is something which i am always against oh is it okay because it's too difficult for me to work with real mm-hmm. it depends from person to person to me and the most difficult case just the traditional toffelmeyer yeah. and universal matrix band is something which always works it has never uh, deceived me it has always uh, worked for me so in fact i can say that i never use my real matrix which is uh, lying at some corner now most of the time i would be using my toffelmeyer and universal matrix band and another thing which i have found very 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 handy is the saddle matrix by torvia in very tricky cases and even on distal clastos so my mainstay is always toffelmeyer and saddle and never the real matrix the saddle is very helpful in most of the cases another thing is like you can use the astic pro matrix have you tried with that no that is uh, more convenient to use than toffelmeyer because it is coming in a pre formed so it okay. is very easy to adapt you can cut off and adapt it that is another cheaper cost effective thing compared to the real matrix real matrix is pretty expensive okay. If you have everything else, then you you can buy that. Yeah, yeah. This should not be the first thing to buy. Many of the cases on social media, we've seen that whenever we don't get a very good uh, contact that we expect with the bands, a mm. uh, lot of us are using the PTFE tape. Mm. Uh, how does one go about analyzing? Okay, fine. This is the place where I can use plumber's tape mm. and make it a little better to get a better contour and stuff like that. and how often are you using it for designing a good contact for your a class to case shibu see i am totally against using a ptfe okay tape for getting your contacts okay okay because uh, a small king on the proximal contour mm-hmm. would 
turn out to be a plaque retentive area. Yeah, yeah. And we need a good proximal polish. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Which can be provided only by a proper matrix system. Okay. Mm-hmm. And if you compare the different matrices, the pressed mylar, like the bioclear, gives almost a mirror-like polished effect right, right. to the proximal side. The biggest disadvantage with direct composite restoration when it comes to building up the proximal surfaces is you will not get a good polish at the proximal area. So that has been overcome with a bioclear matrix. You get a beautiful polished proximal side and we never want to add a kink on the proximal side. So in such a perspective, in no cases, be it anterior, be it proximal, I mean be it posterior, whenever you are building up your proximals, never use a PTA. Always use a proper matrix system. But a lot of people are using it on social media as things. You lose on your uh, contour. Yeah. When you use a PTFE, you might get a contact, but a contour is equally important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I would say it's like a pre-bioclear era and a post-bioclear era. Okay, okay. (laughs) So, earlier I was using PTFE tape. For the uh, Yeah, but now it's not needed at all. Because we can get a nice contact yeah, and rather contour, you should yeah. not be using that because mm. I mean if you keep a PTFE and then you're building up the proximal area, you will not get a smooth you smooth finish. You will create multiple kings here and there, which would be plaque retentive, which would favor foot impaction there, which would create uh, more plaque retention there, which would give rise to more secondary caries at the interface. So such things should not be done. Okay, okay. Now things are easily manageable with BioClears. We need not use that. And uh, we can use some PTFE to tuck in to get some isolation, that's all. Yeah, yeah. Only Otherwise, for no need. isolation purposes, yeah. but not for control purposes. Yeah. Okay. Now coming to the composites. Um, how do we go about building uh, or making the restoration? Uh, what is your preferred technique? Layering, injection molding, or what do we call it? We'll start from Shibu. See, everything works. Layering works fabulous. 11 to 12 year flow follows of many cases done with layering. I would say that the most important, the tooth prep. Okay. If it is acceptable to composite, everything works. Layering works, bioclay works, everything works. See, if we have to do a single tooth restoration, imagine we have to do a single anterior class 4 restoration. It should mimic the adjacent tooth. In such a case, Bioclear is never my choice. The reason being, the bioclear will give me a final restoration which is according to the contour of the bioclear matrix. So, I don't want it there. I want it to look exactly same like the adjacent to. In such cases, anytime I would work, I would go ahead with layering. Fine, if I have to work on lateral to lateral, canine to canine, etc. Imagine. Layering canine to canine is a two-time-consuming process. And uh, you can go wrong with the width and shape of the tooth. So, it becomes too handy if you tuck in the bioclay matrices and injection mold. Everywhere you have similar shape. Your proximal contacts remain similar. From your canine to canine or a beat premolar to premolar, whatever. Lateral to lateral, whatever. Everywhere your proximal uh, contacts and contours are the same. and uh, that's much more easier to do. So, in such cases, I would prefer to injection mold. When I have to work with a single tooth, I would prefer layer. Okay. What about Rajiv? 
So actually, I think that both works. Coming to anteriors, when there is more of halo, uh, like translucency or something like that, then I'll go for layering only. And uh, suppose there are some white tints and so many things like that, then definitely layering. Otherwise, bioclear injection molding is too handy. It's very easy. In some cases, that also works. But with posteriors, most of the cases, I'll go with bioclear. See, uh, you can do layering in posteriors also, but the main hero is the cavity design. You should be knowing how to manage the shrinkage stress. So, I have seen many people doing layering with boxy amalgam-like cavity preparation on social media and uh, showing a beautiful post-restoration. They will not show what happens after 5 years. Yeah. 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 There will be a marginal ditching. There will be 100 percentage. So, we are looking on for a longer perspective, right? So, you should open up the cavity always. Grab more enamel, open up, make the stress very less and get more of unbonded surface and you can layer also. No issues. So, which injection technique or which material do you prefer uh, for the injection technique? I'll be using 3M compules. For posteriors, I'll be using bulk fills and anterior body. You can also use Ivoclar. Do you have any favorite material? Same, same, Same. same. Okay. Because that is the only two brands which give you uh, flowables and packables in their bulk fill ranges. So, that is the only way out. You also get Voco, but I find it more translucent and less polishability with Voco. And in composites, uh, for the layering, what is your uh, choice of composite? Let's keep it unbiased, no company support. (laughs) Uh, To be frank, that is the question i hate the worst <laughs> i think this question must be coming almost yeah every almost day, every yeah. cases i find i i am i'm always posting a case on social media and wait waiting for that yeah yeah, uh, yeah. that what question yeah, yeah what composite did you use actually that does not matter you need a, a decent composite that's it everything else depends on the protocols Something that it's more workable for, that works, consistently works for you. You need uh, proper opacity of the shades. Decent composites, that's it. Not like uh, only this brand will work. So what is decent for you? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) There are so many brands. All the premium composites works fine. But any favorite like uh, Tokoyama or 3M or Ivoclair? I am using more of 3M composites. Uh, I have used Forma from uh, Ultradent, that also works fine. Okay. Yeah. Uh, then Empress Direct is Z350. Other one has not got so many shades. Right. That's the only problem. Do you prefer heating it as well before using or? When uh, I'm doing layering, I won't heat. You won't? Okay. No. Okay. So when do you prefer to heat for? I will heat for injection molding only. Okay. Uh, okay. So that I get a more of flow. How are you heating your compules? I'll use a, a dedicated heater. You have one? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'll heat to 55-60 degree. Do you have suggestions for our listeners as to which one they should buy? There are a lot of generic things right now. Okay, okay. So, don't go for expensive things. Okay. You can use anything, anything. Okay, no anything particular works. suggestions. Okay. So what's your take on this, Shibu? See, exactly as uh, Dr. Ajib said, select something which is going to work for your hand. That is very important. Each and every person works in a different way. And... Uh, we have to have an individual experience with different composites and we have to select the one which is going to select your working styles properly. If you check mine, I use Densply, I use 3M, 
I use Tokuyama, I use Coltin, everything is there. So there is, as you said, all good companies give you very good composites. And you should be very well able to analyze what works in a particular case. So as a painter does his job, he knows which thing is going to work in a particular condition. Similarly, I know in some condition which composite is going to work better in my hands. That is why I keep everything. So to me, everything has its advantage and disadvantages. So we should be very well able to utilize, exploit these things according to the way we want. That's it. And do you have any favorite instruments for posterior restorations? Posteriors, when coming to injection molding, it is kind of like instrument free. You need not use any instruments. Yeah, you are yeah. going to cut back. For layering? For layering, my favorite instrument or I can do a case only with like applica, element applica. I'll use only that instrument, most of the cases. That is my personal favorite because it is very thin and it gets adapted to any nuke and corner. That's the advent. The LMRT, right? You're talking about? LMRT Applica. Applica is my favorite. Okay. There's one green one called Fisura. Yeah, Fisura. Yeah, you don't prefer that? Yeah, I do use that. But my favorite instrument is Applica. Applica. Yeah. What color is that? I... That is uh, kind of uh, chai ka color. Oh, it's like um, brownish skin color tone. Same like that chai's color. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about uh, you, Shibu? I started my career as a consultant. Traveling different places and getting our jobs done. And uh, to me, nothing matters. Let it be any instrument. I would say that it is the operator. And if you have a great desire within yourself to do a good work, even normal explorer is going to work very well in your hands. So I am always against a particular pick of instrument. Everything works. Uh, a lot of clinicians uh, probably take a little bit of bonding agent, something that can uh, help with the consistency of the composite. Have you come across anything like you that? You are not supposed to use bonding agent acid because it has got HMA. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it will attract moisture. It will contaminate the composite. Yeah, yeah. So maybe you can use wetting resin or you can use adhesive. Yeah. Fourth generation, you can use the adhesive alone. You a can lot. use any pure form of resin. Resin. Mm-hmm. As the fourth generation, you can use any pure resin can be used, but without any additives. Yes, right. and you are not supposed to. Uh, flood the brush with it should be just wet just moisten just moist that's it if you are increasing the amount of uh, wetting I mean wetting resin or sculpting liquid whatever you are incorporating a weak link in between Mm -hmm. so you don't have to incorporate too much of a weak link that brush should just run that's it so which wetting resin would you recommend if if somebody wants to use it you can use a 3M adhesive 4th generation adhesive so, you can use it as bonding agent as well as scent. So, you have less of armamentary. Yeah, yeah. So, we finished about the layering. We finished about the bulk fill. And now, coming to the end. Uh, do you always uh, do the last curing with uh, KY jelly or something that prevents the oxidation inhibition? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. What's... Okay, Rajiv. Yeah. Uh, when I'm doing injection molding, I don't prefer to use a KY jelly or something like that. Because we are... Cutting down layers. Yeah. yeah. And the oxygen inhibition layer is only 30 microns thick. Mm-hmm. So, we are definitely go beyond that. Okay. So, when I am doing a layering and if it's minimal, then I'll cover it with KV jelly or uh, glycerin. Okay. And okay. when bonding indirect restorations, definitely KV jelly. 
Okay, okay. And uh, Shivu? Exactly. When you have to cut back, you are wasting your time if you are yeah. using KYZ. Yeah. Because it is again, I mean, you don't deal with so much of thicknesses of your resin which is going to be affected by the ambient oxygen outside. So if I am cutting down, nothing is needed. If I am layering, I am very particular about it. Okay. I would always do all the anatomy needed in the composite, right. and then I'll be just doing the finishing jobs. Okay. So I will not be cutting down anything right. because when you cut down, you would be losing the shape. Yeah. In yeah. such cases, always KY jelly and uh, like and as Rajiv said, indirects. Yeah. I mean, you have to seal the margins nicely, and you need to have cured composite in all your margins. You have to have KY jelly everywhere. So exactly, I follow the same thing as Rakhat. Okay, that kind of uh, completes our uh, adhesive chapter. That is all we have time for in this episode of the thirty-two minute podcast. Do check out all our blogs, contests, events, and other episodes on thirty-two minute dot com. If you have questions for any of the speakers interviewed on my podcast, or if you are someone who has valuable information or experience that can help the listeners, or if you would want me to call a particular guest on my show, please mail me on podcast at thirty two minute dot com. I'm also open to your suggestions and ideas to make the show more helpful and exciting. Don't forget to join our Telegram group for all the updates on our activities on the thirty two minute podcast. I release an episode every Sunday morning so do subscribe to my podcast to get an alert when I release the next episode. Please remember it takes 30 hours of hard work for a single episode on the podcast. So if you like the show please leave a review and a rating on my podcast. This is your host Dr. Mayur Dawda signing off for now. I'll meet you in the next episode of my podcast. Till then keep listening, keep learning.